Welcome to Jeremiah Smith Ministries, a place where you can grow in God's Word. He that loveth not, loveth not God, for God is love. Amen. Boy, that separates him from all the other, you know, so-called gods out there. This God is love. Amen. God's love. Amen. And he is a loving God. I tell you, there's there's nothing that you can compare to God's love. Amen. Bible talks about different loves. You know, you can go through there and study them in the Greek. I believe it's four or five different ones. We, we, I plan to do a study on that uh, on one of our series on the Wednesdays. But uh, today we're going to be talking a little bit about his love today. And then we're going to look at that today. Let's go to 1 John 4, 8 and the Amplified. Let's look at that again here. I apologize. I want to read a different version of it here. It says, the one who does not love has not become acquainted with God. <laughs> Isn't that good? You know, you get around him, you're going to be a loving person. Amen. You're going to be like him. Amen. You know, me and my wife, we're around each other all the time. We find ourselves saying some of the same things to each other, you know, and my son too, because we're around each other a lot. You know, you hear each other say things a lot. You become like each other quite a bit, you know. You get around God, the more you get around him, the more you act like him, the more you sound like him, the more you're like him. Amen. And that's what he's saying here. He says, the one who does not love has not become acquainted with him, does not or never did know him. Wow. That's powerful to think about, isn't it? You know, you can tell a Christian, you know, by how their their time and they've spent with God and how they act like him. Amen. You can tell how much they're spending time around him by how they act. Amen. You know, if they're not loving and they're not treating you the way that love would treat someone, you know, you can tell that they haven't been around the Father enough. Amen. Amen. For God is love. He is the originator of love. And it is an enduring attribute of his nature. I like the Amplified in that. Isn't that good? He is the originator of love. And it is an enduring attribute of his nature. Wow. That's good to think about. it. You know, God's nature is to love you. Amen. You know, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. Amen. He loves the world like that. Think about that. He has an he has an unselfish love towards the whole world. Man, that's good to think about, isn't it? Well, the word here, if you define it, you know that uh, actually translated love here is agape. Amen. And now, like I said, there's about four different types of love in the Bible. Four or five. You can probably get into five of them. But uh, there's different meanings for those. But agape, uh, which means an, a willful choice to put another's interest above one's own. Wow, that's a choice to put another person's interest above your own. An unselfish giving, even to the point of sacrifice the and unconditional love. You know, this is not like the world's love. You know, the world, when they love somebody, they base it on conditions. You know, if you do this for me, you do that for me, I'll love you. You know, you do this and do that, or you don't do that, then I don't love you. You know, no, this is unconditional love. Amen. This is love that doesn't base itself on what you do for me. It's for what I can do for you. Amen. That's the kind of love God has for you. Amen. It's it's love. He says, to, well, what can I do for you? <laughs> Amen. He's a God that looks at you and says, well, I'm not looking at what you can do. for. Aren't you glad he doesn't look at it for what we can do for him? Because we can't do a whole lot for him. <laughs> Amen. But he can do a whole lot for us. Amen. Aren't you glad he loves us like that? He looks at us and says, I want to give you, I want to show you love 
and it's not based on what you can do for me. Amen. And it's powerful to think about the God kind of love. This is the God kind of love, and we're going to take a brief look at his the Greek word, how it's used in the Bible, okay? Let's look at that real quick. Look over at John 13. John 13. Now, this is about Jesus here, and Jesus is going to show us what agape love is like. Wow. We get to see it. Amen. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen. So you can see God and you can see what love is like. Amen. You can see Jesus. You can see what love is like. Amen. You're going to see what the Father's like if you watch Jesus' life. Amen. But you have to watch him and you'll learn about the Father if you watch Jesus. Praise the Lord. John 13, 1, it says it like this. It says, it was just before Passover festival. Jesus, when that the hour had come from him to leave this world and go to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Ooh, that's good. The evening meal was in progress. and The devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscart, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he put he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Wow, think about that. You know, that's selfish love, isn't it? You know, he wasn't thinking about what they could do for him. Think about that now. You know, these these he's sitting there at the table with these people that one of them's going to betray him, Judas. But yet he's showing self-love. He's showing unconditional love to these people, showing unconditional love to what they were doing at the time. Think about that now. You know, this took some humbling, <laughs> and I'm sure it wasn't easy, you know. But this is what he's. But he, this is the way the Father is. He's loving, and he doesn't base it on what you can do. Amen. Peter denied him three times, and he's sitting at this table. He could have been like, "No, oh, why not? I gotta wash Peter's feet. This is guy's gonna deny me three times." <laughs> but that's not how he is. He's. He doesn't base love on conditions. He loves you unconditionally. Amen. The sixth verse says, He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then the Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean. Uh, though you, every one of, um, I'm reading a different version of what I'm used to, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. So he knew that, you know, what was going to happen with these people. The Bible says that God's the Alpha and the Omega. He knows the beginning and the end. He knew what, uh, what was going to happen, you know, with the betrayal of Judas. He knew what was going to happen with Peter, you know. He told Peter before he did it. He said, Peter, you're going to, the cock's going to crow three times, you know. He knew what was going to happen. But yet he still loved them. Amen. And you may know some people today and you know how they're going to treat you and, and what they're thinking that they're going to do, you know, around you. But we're supposed to show love. Amen. 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 Let's look here at the 12th verse. He says, And when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He, he answered them. 
You call me teacher, Lord, and right so, or rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Verily, truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor his messenger greater than his one who sent him. Now that you have, you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Think about that now. God said you're blessed if you're walking in love and you're showing love. Amen. And showing unconditional love is what he's telling us. Notice Jesus showed the disciples love even when he knew their faults. You know, and we're supposed to show love to people even when we know they're false. <laughs> Some people's are more blatant than others, you know, but we're supposed to show them love even though we know they're false. That's powerful. Judas was going to betray him. Peter was going to deny him three times, but he showed him love, unconditional love. Amen. This is agape. Amen. This is love that's not based on what you can do for me. Amen. This is based on what I can do for you. That's unconditional love. Amen. Let's go over to John 13, 34 real quick. <clears throat> Excuse me. God has asked us to have agape for each other. And this is in the same chapter here. And this is right after the wash. And he says in the 34th verse, is a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. But this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye love one to another. Amen. That's agape. Love one to another. Unselfish love. Love based on what I can do for you. Amen. Not, not on what you know, they can do for me. It's unconditional love. Amen. That's what love of agape is. And that's what's translated here as love. Agape. Amen. Let's look at this love and not focus on others and what it is. Let's look at 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. This is powerful here. In the 13th chapter, it says in 1 Corinthians 13, I'm going to read the New International Version just because I like the version of this. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, If I speak in tongues of men, of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to the hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. I like that. Isn't that good? But love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. I like that. And you can go on read through here and I'm, I'm going to stop there, but it's a powerful thing about all these things that it talks about love is, you know, and you're probably not living up to every one of these, but our goal is to live up to every one of them. Amen. Everything in here, you know, is the nature of God and how God acts. Amen. It is love. Amen. It's patient. It's kind. It does not evil. 
It does not boast, it's not proud, does not dishonor others. It's self-seeking, it's not easily angered, and it keeps no records of wrongs. And you say, well, it keeps no records of wrongs? Well, you know, let's look at some things, you know, the Bible talks about that, you know. You know, the Bible talks about that God, he doesn't keep record of our wrongs. <laughs> Praise the Lord, amen. So we're not supposed to be keeping record of other people's wrongs, amen. Love as a Christian, it separates us from the world, amen. Mm-hmm. That's what makes us different than the world. It says, I love you if you treat me. It doesn't say, I love you if you treat me good, or I love you based on what you can do for me. It's it's not selfish love. It's real love. It's selfless love. Amen. And vital to a Christian. If you don't, you know, if you don't love as a Christian, there are consequences. And it's powerful to think about that, you know, it affects your prayers, it affects your faith, amen, if you if you don't walk in love, amen. Why? Because you're choosing not to do what God has told us we must do, amen, with our lives. We're supposed to walk in love. He, he told us we must do this. We just read that in the verse earlier. It says that we must do it, amen. And it's a must. You know, God doesn't say must very often in the Bible, you know. You look at the uh, uh, Hebrews 11, another time he says that you, he uses the word must, and he says that you must have faith, Wow, think about that. So we're supposed to walk in love, but we're also supposed to have faith or we don't please him. Wow. So it's powerful to think about, you know, but you can't even use your faith if you're not walking in love. Amen. Let's look over at Mark eleven twenty four real quick. Mark eleven twenty four and 26, it says, Therefore I say to you that whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. Wow. So he's saying basically forgive if you have all against any other, that your Father also in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Why is he telling you that, though? He's telling you that you you got to have a love walk if you're going to pray. He's telling you if you're going to if you're going to you know trust God for things and use your faith, you can't be offended with other people. You've got to have a love walk, and that's selfless love. Amen. That's love that's not taking record of wrong. You know, people that don't forgive are keeping records of wrongs. Amen. Then you know you have to forgive, and you can't keep those records because you want to have be able to use your faith, and you want to be able to pray. Amen. I didn't make this up. You know, this is what God put in here, and it's important for us to walk in love—the God kind of love. Amen. And that's a—it's a choice. Amen. You can walk like the world, or you can walk what your nature is telling you to walk like. You know, we have a different nature. You know, the Bible talks about that we have fruits of the Spirit and our nature's different, you know, we have, and one of those is love. Amen. You, it should be just natural for you to want to walk in love. Amen. But, you know, it's important that we walk in love in a world today that isn't, that isn't showing love. We can show love to this world, and that's what makes us different. That's what makes us special. Amen. Is that we have the love of God on the inside of us. Amen. Let's go over to Galatians 5 real quick. In the sixth verse, it says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. So if you want your faith to work, you have to walk in love. Amen. You say, well, Jeremiah, I haven't had uh, my prayers, and my, uh, there haven't been many blessings in my life, and things haven't been coming to my life. Well, you know, go back and look at how you're walking. Are you Are you showing love to people? Are you in unforgiveness? You know, that's part of walking in love. You have to forgive. Amen. 
And then you have the blessings of God flowing into your life. Amen. You just, you've got to be careful. It's easy to get into any of these things. You know, it's easy to get offended with people. It's more, I tell you, you know, you, especially shopping today. <laughs> yeah, out there shopping, somebody bumps into you and get offended, you know, or, you know, things happen and you can get offended. You know, while you're on the job, you can get offended. You know, somebody said something, you know, and it's easy to get offended. Well, it's not worth it for you to get offended. It's not worth it for you to not walk in love. It affects you. It doesn't affect someone else. It affects you. Amen. So it's important that we stay walking in love. Amen. The Amplified 5, 6 says it like this. For if, or Galatians 5, 6 says, For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Amen. Amen. So we need to walk in love so that our faith works. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about the 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 not treating people around you, you know, treating people around you with love. It's easy to act like the world, but we're trying to act like God would have us to act. Amen. Amen. And Jesus didn't put up, you know, with certain things. You know, you don't have to be abused, right? I didn't say be abused, but I did say walk in love. Amen. Some people get that confused. You know, you, you tell people to walk in love and they think, well, man, I'm going to have to put up with just anything. No, we're not talking about abuse. <laughs> Amen. We are talking about, you know, that we're supposed to walk in love towards everyone, but you don't have to put yourself in an abuseful situation. You know, I, I felt led when I was doing this message that some people need to be careful about what they call walking in love and what they're walking in love towards. Let's look over at Luke 4, the 28th verse. It says, And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, they were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him up to the brow of the hill whereon the city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he was past, but he uh, passing through the midst of them went his way. That's talking about Jesus. Now, Jesus was in a situation, this could have been abusive. He was trying to walk in love towards everybody. They took him up to the top of the mountain. They were going to kick him off the mountain. And some of you today, you're in a situation that could be abusive, you know, and you need to get, you don't have to sit there and put up with an abusive situation. Jesus didn't. He walked through the midst of them. He didn't tell them off. He didn't tell them you're horrible, horrible people, (laughs) but he walked through the midst of them. And he went his way. Amen. And you don't have to stay in a situation that's abusive. You don't have to stay in a situation that you don't feel like God's in. You need to be, you know, where God would have you to be. And you need to be asking him where that is. And you don't have to put up with abusive situations. Amen. You know, people get unbalanced with things, you know. And that's why I'm talking about this for just a minute. You know, they, they get on the ditch on one side where they feel like, well, hey, I'm, I'm walking in love, but this person's being so mean to me, you know. Well, that's that's different, you know. But you're supposed to walk in love anyway towards all people. But it doesn't mean that you have to sit there and be in the ditch on one side where you're just letting yourself get abused. That's totally different. You need to walk in love and stay in the middle of the road. Amen. Amen. We're supposed to be people that have a balance to Scripture. Amen. And a balance to our lives. You know, and it's it's important that you make sure that you keep yourself out of harm's way. Amen. And walk in love and be a blessing to other people. Amen. Amen. Let's look over Second Samuel real quick, and this is a good example of the God kind of love here. Second Samuel, the fourth chapter, Second Samuel four, and the fourth verse. It says, "And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame 
of his on his of his feet. He was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled. And it came to pass as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame, and he, and his name was Mephibosheth. Think about this now. This was um, Jonathan, Saul's son, you know, who had a son. And um, this was Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, you know, he was crippled, you know. And, you know, he he lived a life, you know, that was very poor, you know, and he, he had didn't have much, you know. And it's interesting what happens with Mephibosheth and how God, how uh, David or God used David to show love to Mephibosheth. You know, Jonathan was or was a good, good covenant partner with David. Man, they they had love for one another, and it was a God kind of love. You know, they loved each other. You know, the the kind of love where you would die for one another. You know, and he found out that there was still somebody in Jonathan's family. And he wanted to show love to that family. Amen. Let's look over here at 2 Samuel 9, 1. 2 Samuel 9, 1. And it says it like this. David asked, and I'm reading the NIV version. Is there anyone still left on the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Basically, he's saying that I can show love for Jonathan's sake, covenant kindness. He says, now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. Uh, they summoned him to appear before David, and the king said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied, the king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? He's saying, I want to show God's love to somebody. I'm looking for somebody in the family that hasn't had God's love shown to him. Is there anybody in the household I can show some love to? Amen. And this is how we're supposed to be thinking. Amen. We should be looking around and saying, is there anybody I can show some God's covenant love to? Amen. But especially around Christmas. Amen. This is how we should be thinking. Hey, is there somebody I can show God's covenant love to? Anybody. Amen. I, I, it's not based on what I can do for what they can do for me. It's based on what I can do to be a blessing to them. Amen. And that's what David's talking about here. God's loving kindness. Amen. He says, Ziba answered the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. And David says, where is he? <laughs> Amen. So where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he is at the house of Mecher, son of Amel in Lodabar. So the king David had him brought from Lodabar from the house of Mecher, son of Amel. When Meshibapheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him, pay him honor. David said, Meshibapheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I surely will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. And I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Isn't that the way the father is? He looks around. He's looking around for somebody that he can show covenant kindness to. 
somebody that can sit at his table, amen, somebody that he can take you out of Lodabar, the bad situation that you're in or the challenges that you're facing, amen, and that's the kind of love that we're supposed to be showing to other people, you know, looking for somebody that's in a bad situation and showing them the covenant kindness of God, amen, loving kindness is not based on what they can do for you, but what you can do for them, amen, take them out of Lodabar, bring them to the master's table, amen, that's what the goal is, is to bring people to the master's table, amen, amen, notice this selfless love, amen, that David showed to Meshibbeth. He said, don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show your kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat at my table. Notice the selfless love, amen. As we go into this shopping season and giving season, let's, let's look at it like David looked at it. And let's look at, hey, what can I do for someone else? How can I show them covenant kindness this month? Amen. What can I do? Write out your list this month, what you can do for some people and use some faith and be a blessing to some other people. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness. <coughs> we thank you for your mercy, Father. And Father, we just lift this up to you today. Father, help us, Lord, to be people that show loving kindness and agape love to people, selfless love, Father. Help us to be people that show this love to the world, Father, Lord, just like Jesus asked us to and told us we must do, Father. And Father, we just ask for it, and we just thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' holy name. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory today, Father. And if there's someone today... Well, praise the Lord that's not saved, Father. And Father, we just ask that you help them to see your covenant kindness and love today, Lord. Help them to sit at the master's table today. If you're not saved and you want to be at the master's table today and you want to be in the family of God, just pray this prayer with me today. Father, I just believe Jesus has been raised from the dead. And Father, I just confess Jesus as Lord of my life right now. I just receive you, Jesus, in my life. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer, you are saved. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess the Lord Jesus and believe God has raised him from the dead, you are saved. So you're in the family of God right now. Praise the Lord. We'd love to hear about it too. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the family. You can email us at jeremiasministries at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear, for you, hear from you and we want to be a blessing to you. Well, God bless you. If you'd like to contact us for a prayer, praise reports, or offerings, go to jeremiasmithministries.podbeam.com. Thank you for listening.